I take one day off, and this is what I come back to? All right. I see Brewer's Twitter is melting down. Let's all calm down. Let's take a actual constructive criticism look at what's going on with Josh Hader and plenty more. Talk about a tough loss yesterday and get ready for the final series of the first half. The Giants and I'm in San Francisco. Let's talk about it next. You are Locked On Brewers, your daily Milwaukee Brewers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Good morning, wherever you may be listening from. My name is Dominic Catronio. This is Locked On Brewers, your only daily podcast dedicated to the Brewers all season long. I know it wasn't daily this week. As you all know, if you've been listening all season, TBS days tend to be a little tough for me to record a podcast. So we took yesterday off. Now we're here recapping the tough loss against the Twins yesterday. Today's episode, though, is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. I'm a statistician for Valley Sports Wisconsin, and well, this week I am on location. I was getting ready to spend the All Star break in the Bay Area anyway, and it just worked out with the schedule too. Well, Giants, Brewers, let's head on over to Oracle Park and work a few games out here in the Bay. So really excited to get back up here to Northern California. Uh, spent a lot of time in this area of the country back uh, growing up, so good to see San Francisco and get to see some cooler weather. Uh, it's 65 degrees and perfect out here. So, and wow, tonight. What a pitching matchup. Corbin Burns and Carlos Rodon, that is must-see TV. So make sure, if you know, plan your viewing accordingly. You know, plan it all out because late night, you know, Brewers after dark tonight. It's a 8.45 first pitch out here in San Francisco Central Time. That is 6.45 here Pacific Time. So get a, an afternoon cold brew in or something, and uh, you'll be ready to go to watch a great pitching matchup with two all-stars, Corbin Burns and Carlos Rodon. 4-1, to Twins win yesterday. Josh Hader blows the save. We're going to look actually at his stuff uh, in the next segment. We're going to recap the game here first. Uh, also going to touch on some stuff roster-wise here a little bit later as well. But let's talk about the game first and foremost and how odd this was and why, yes, Josh Hader blew the save. And yes, he's in a slump. But as I said on Monday's podcast, when the Brewers had lost that final game to the Pirates, I once again blame this one on the offense because four hits is almost never going to win you a game. It's the truth. They know it. Craig Council knows it. The team knows it. Rowdy Telez is slumping. Willie Adamas has been all or nothing as of late. Colton Wong had to go back into the leadoff spot. We can talk about Christian Yelich here in a little bit too. But the entire lineup just can't get going, aside from Jace Peterson. Man, he's he's on a really good stretch again. Jace, the only run of the game for the Brewers, a solo homer in the third inning. Let's talk about the offense, though. 0 for 6 with runners in scoring position. Now, the O sounds frustrating. But what's so odd is the lack of just at-bats with runners in scoring position for the Brewers. They've had stretches where they'll go two for seven, or even say uh, a three for 11. What you're seeing is multiple opportunities come about, or even like a a four for 12. We're seeing multiple at-bats with runners in scoring position and just not being able to cash in. That has not been the case as of late. Yes, they win on Tuesday, six to three. They only had five at-bats with a runner in scoring position because as we've seen all season, 
they are completely reliant on the home run ball. Of the six runs they scored on Tuesday, four of them came via home run. Kutch's homer in the first and Adamas in the fifth. You need to have something more sustainable. Yes, they got the job done with just enough at-bats on Tuesday going three for five, but that's not going to last. You look back to Sunday's finale. Ten at-bats, they had a better go about it with four for ten with runners in scoring position against the Pirates, but still lost that game. And you look back to Saturday when the Pirates' bullpen held them down strong. That was the games that we've been seeing as of late where they get a ton of guys on and not able to cash them in, two for 13. Now we're seeing this trend of the Brewers not even getting multiple runners into scoring position, having sustained rallies and things like that. To me, that looks like a team that's just like, oh my gosh, almost at the All-Star game. Obviously, there are no position player All-Stars on the Brewers right now. Get us to the break. That's how I feel things are looking right now. Offense, I can sit here and, as the cliche is, beat a dead horse. I hate the cliche, but look, you've heard me talk about the offense. This is who they are, okay? Going one through three in the order, Wong, Adamas, and Telez. They were combined 0 for 12. Only one strikeout. They're putting the ball in play. They left four runners on base. 0 for 12 from 1, 2, 3 in the order. You're not going to win many games doing that. Let's talk about the pitching, though. First, Aaron Ashby. Man, Ashby, it is so close to clicking for him, and you see him pitch every single day. He's just a couple of pitches away from really feeling like he's going to nail it. Four and a third, six hits, one run that was earned, three walks, five strikeouts. He threw 101 pitches, not completing five innings, only 58 strikes. That's the big number to me. Only 58 strikes. Just barely over half of his pitches were strikes. For Ashby, we know how nasty the stuff is. It's about finding the zone. And you talk to some guys around the game of young pitchers, the hardest thing to learn when you get to this stage, when you know your stuff plays, when you know your stuff's nasty. But the shot of confidence that you lose whenever you give up a hit on your best pitch, if you give up a hit on that curveball or if a guy spits on a really good curveball and it turns into a walk, that understanding that, hey, this is the big leagues. These guys have seen these pitches before. I need to just get a little bit better. And the thing with Ashby and why I'm not worried, it just thinks that he's been thrown into a much higher uh, role given Adrian Hauser's injury and with Woodruff gone for a big chunk of the year and obviously Ashby coming back for his forearm fatigue. Think about Ashby. He just turned 24 this year. You got plenty of time for him to still grow and develop. This is his first full season on the roster. And shoot, on opening day, he was going to be a high leverage swingman. So being thrust into a starting role, which again, he's only made 15 starts in the big leagues. This doesn't happen overnight. And he pitched into the fifth. I think he would have wanted to complete that fifth inning. But when I look at his pitch count and the control and the struggles he's having of guys spitting on pitches and not being around the zone, not competitive enough around the zone, he had 66 pitches through three innings and 92 pitches through four innings. Part of that is great at-bats by the Twins yesterday. They made him work, of course, the three walks. And all... The Twins drew six walks yesterday. One of those intentional, but six walks yesterday is not how the Brewers drew this one up. But Ashby pitched well, didn't pitch great, did just enough to keep the Brewers in it. But the reason I say he didn't pitch well enough to keep the Brewers to win it is because, again, had to use the high leverage bullpen, which, again, could go back to the offense. 
But the high leverage bullpen is absolutely gassed right now. Hat tip again, Trevor got back on track. An inning and two-thirds gets out of that fifth inning jam, gets a couple of strikeouts, leave another pair of inherited runners stranded. God has been one heck of a fine. Kudos to the Brewers scouting department. You have to praise them for trusting and finding this guy. Devin Williams is still an all-star. 25 consecutive scoreless outings. Brad Boxberger, as Vinny Rotino joked, oh, I think his heart rate might have got up to 68 beats per minute there in that stressful inning. What a play by Jonathan Davis. And then Josh Hader ends up blowing it with the three-run homer by Miranda. We're going to talk about Hader. We're going to talk about what's going on. I've got some numbers that might surprise you about Josh Hader, and I think not that I'm the pitching coach and I know what's wrong with him, but I want to present some numbers objectively to see this is the kind of stuff that they're talking about and looking at with him. Before we talk about Josh, if you are thinking about popping the question this summer, if you want to just celebrate any special moment for you and your partner, you can create the perfect custom engagement ring or just find something, a classic, timeless piece of jewelry to gift at any price that you won't find at a traditional jeweler. You can find this with our friends at BlueNile.com. The modern convenience of online shopping with all of the experts that you want to help you choose anything you could want with, let's talk about engagement rings, diamond shape, size, clarity, setting style. This stuff matters, guys, okay? Because... This ring is going to be on Instagram for like the next 18 months until you guys elope. All right. This is a big deal. So Blue Nile wants to make sure you get it right. And they have legendary service. They're the original online jeweler. Since 1999, they've helped millions of couples create the perfect engagement rings. And furthermore, best advice, 24-7, they're available by phone or by chat. And if it doesn't work out, as far as not her saying no, but maybe she wants a little bit different set, it's okay. 30-day returns with legendary service from Blue Nile. And when you commit to a piece, so does Blue Nile. Guaranteed service and repair for life. And furthermore, we have the diamond price guarantee. You can contact Blue Nile to compare a competitor's diamond against one of ours. And in most cases, they can meet or even beat the price. So you can make your moment sparkle with BlueNile.com. And Lockdown Brews listeners get $50 off purchases of $500 or more. This is a podcast exclusive and it does include engagement rings. Use the code locked on. That's it. Locked on. All one word. Plus, every order is insured. It ships for free and it arrives in discreet packaging that won't give away what's inside. Shop stress free and find your forever peace. Go to bluenile.com today. Josh Hader. He's still one of the best closers in baseball. Obviously, at this very moment, he's probably not the best closer in baseball. He's certainly still top three. What Edwin Diaz is doing over in New York is incredible. I think now with this slump from Hader, Diaz has maybe taken a step forward to be the front runner for reliever of the year right now in the National League. But let's jump into the numbers for Josh Hader. Since June 25th, so this isn't necessarily when he first blew his first save with the two home runs against the Phillies, but just since June 25th, his last eight outings, eight innings pitched, 11 hits, excuse me, last nine outings, eight innings pitched, 11 hits, Seven runs, all earned. Two homers, one of those in inside the parker. Five walks, 16 strikeouts. Opponents hitting 314. Just looking at that stat line, a few things jump out. He's still getting strikeouts. So he's got 24 outs. 16 of them have been strikeouts. He did not get an out in yesterday's game, though. little odd there. Number two thing that jumps out. 
five walks. That is not the Josh Hader that we had seen in the first couple months of the season. Five walks over his last nine outings. And we saw another one yesterday. For Josh, it took him all the way until game number 12 for him to have five walks this season. Now he's got five in his last nine. That's very, very odd for him. And the last thing that jumps out to me is the 11 hits and thus the 314 batting average. How are teams hitting Josh Hader so well in this in this backstretch? The velo is still there. It's not like he's drastically down. I know we saw him pop a few 99s earlier this year. That's not where he sits. He sits 96-97. The fact we saw a few 99s this year was cool, but we knew those are flashing the pants. Maybe those were days of the arm just feeling great. He can get guys out 96-97. That's where he lives. That's where he sits. That's where he's comfortable. And that's where he maybe has more command. And that's my next point I want to talk about. Looking at some of the numbers. This season, as a whole, Josh Hader's first pitch strike rate is a career low. Just 53% of the time, he's throwing a first pitch strike. League average is 60%. Just to be basically a coin flip to say if I'm going to throw you a first pitch strike as a closer, it does not matter how dominant you are. If you're a coin flip to big league hitters to say, eh, might might start you 0-1 or 1-0, that is a massive difference in this span of an at-bat of what we've seen these last few weeks. Failing to get the first pitch strike. I mean, shoot, we saw another 3-0 count for Josh Hader. That is so odd to see from him. First pitch strike rate is down. The next point comes with chasing. There's two stats here I want to talk about. His season chase contact rate is now 52%. You may be shouting at your radio, your podcast device, like, Dom, what the heck is chase contact rate? So the zone is defined by StatCast, and if it pitches out of the zone and a guy swings and makes contact... That's the rate. So it's not just overall pitches and swings. It's just of the pitches that are out of the zone and are chased at. So swings at pitches out of the zone. How many times are they making contact? More than half the time, they're making contact. Coming into this season, his career average was just 43 or 42%. So he has increased that rate as well. Teams are able to manage contact on elevated fastballs and things of that nature. And other sliders maybe down in the zone. We're seeing a lot of hits. The weird thing, too, with Hader, it is feast or famine. You are either hitting a home run or you're hitting a single, and that's just about it. We've seen a couple doubles, but nothing crazy. Uh, In total, he's allowed five doubles all season long, and now he allows another home run. His fourth of the year, of course, one of those is an inside the Parker. But the rest of the hits are singles. I, I see just kind of prayers of bats like, oh, okay, cool. I got a dump base hit. That's awesome. Chase rate is a big thing for closers and a big thing for Hader. He has been throwing more strikes this year, but his chase rate month by month, specifically with his fastball, has actually gone down. It's a season low 12% chase rate on his fastball here in July. So again, pitches out of the zone, teams trying to swing and miss and chase it. It's not there. Whereas earlier in the season, it was down to 18.8% back in uh, in April. But that he barely threw much in April, of course. And he still was dominant in April. Opponents were just 1 for 18 on his sinker 
in April, but then you fast forward to May and June, that chase rate went up to 33%. So one in three times when a pitch was out of the zone, opponents were chasing it. But you couple less chases, but with more chase contact, teams are picking their pitches and able to manage against Hater and make them pitch to the batter's tendencies to what the batter wants as opposed to Josh getting ahead with 0-1 and then relying on saying, all right, here's the fastball that looks like a slider or look, here's the slider that looks like a fastball to the last second and then you chase it. We're not seeing that here in July. The chase rate is down with the fastball. The chase rate's up with the slider still, but the fastball chase rate is down, which I think is maybe the root of all this. Even Craig Council hinted at it in his post-game press conference saying that he doesn't think it's fatigue but he thinks it has something to do with the fastball. It all, Everything plays off the fastball, especially for a guy like Josh Hader. One last point. This is all about the bullpen here. We know the offense is cold and continuing to play these close games. The bullpen is gassed. We know this. The Brewers have now played 58 games decided by three runs or fewer. They're 34 and 24. 58 games ties them for the sixth most in all of baseball. And yet, 34 wins is the third most. Their winning percentage is the fifth best at 590. The problem is, as of late, the Brewers have played 19 of their last 26 games decided by three runs or fewer. It's not sustainable. And I know Hader's in a slump. He's limping to the All-Star break. But you saw Boxberger give it up over the weekend. We saw Trevor Gott give it up over the weekend. Devin Williams, 25 consecutive scoreless outings. Reminder, that's an anomaly. The Brewers need to score more runs to make it easier on this bullpen down in the second half. Let's get ready to wrap up this episode talking about the roster moves and get you ready for these giants. Before we do that, I want to tell you about a presenting sponsor, betonline.net, your number one source for all your betting needs and sports information. You got developments, league reviews, news. Right now, Major League Baseball made headlines yesterday. Charlie Montoyo, relieved from his duties from Toronto Blue Jays, their manager. They just got a four-game sweep on the road in Seattle. They lost all four games there. You saw them lose two out of three in Milwaukee. Montoyo, see you later. Wild. You can see all the futures on there right now for baseball as well. The American League Yankees, of course, are the favorites to win the pennant, but don't sleep on the Astros. They're plus 240 to win the pennant right now. I'll tell you what, sign me up for an Astros-Yankees ALCS. In the National League, in case you're wondering, the Brewers actually still have the fourth best odds, tied for the fourth best odds, but there's a big gap. Dodgers plus 225, Mets plus 350, Braves plus 400, then the gap. Brewers and Padres are both at plus 800. But hey, still in the top five. That's all I care about. You can find all this stuff at betonline.net. You can use your phone or you can use a desktop. BetOnline, where the game starts. Roster moves. You may have noticed Hunter Renfro is back, of course. Uh, He played in Tuesday's game. He had the day off, making sure he was okay in yesterday's game. A lot of folks were frustrated that Keston Hira was opting to the minors yesterday and Connor Zadzek was pulled up and his contract purchased from the minor leagues. So, also, Chichi Gonzalez was DFA'd officially and uh, taken off the roster. So, we teased that was going to happen on Monday to bring back either Renfro or Tyrone. Let's talk about Keston here getting optioned. 
I know a lot of folks are mad about Keston getting optioned, and he's been playing decently as of late. But still, the big thing with Keston that will keep him off this team in the future is defense, in my humble opinion. He doesn't play a better defense than Colton Wong at second. He doesn't play better defense at first base than Roddy Telez and even maybe even Victor Caratini. And left field, yes, he made that great play uh, last week at home, but he doesn't have an arm, doesn't have great range. It's a liability there. He's really a DH, and then you're going to have to defensively replace him in the final three innings. And when you're carrying three catchers right now, which who knows how long that, how much longer that's going to last, it doesn't make sense to carry a guy that doesn't have that much positional versatility like Keston here when you're going to have to replace him anyway. The next part of that is with Tyrone Taylor coming back, that essentially eliminates one of those positions that Keston here replaced, left field, and that's only part-time. If Tyrone comes back here today, as he's expected to here against San Francisco, then you got to figure out, well, if he's going to be playing left field in Christian Yelich's absence, the Brewers also have to figure out, are they going to retroactively put Christian Yelich on the IL? They could do it retroactively three days ago, so they would have to do it to Monday, even though they had the day he didn't play on Sunday. You can only do it three days maximum of the guy not being played in. Uh, that's a decision to be made if they want to just keep the roster as is and just put Tyrone in Christian Yelich onto the IL. It doesn't sound like the back is as serious as it was last year. That's according to what he told Adam McAlvey and reporters in, uh, in Minnesota yesterday. That's an option to bring Tyrone back onto the roster. But then the the elephant in the room is like, well, what are you going to do with Severino? He's only played two games since the suspension was lifted. You're going to carry three catchers for that? It, it doesn't add up. Either Severino's on his way out or they're going to continue to shop him. Maybe you look at a team like the Cardinals who could be interested in the Severino, but they know that the Brewers are in a roster crunch right now. Look, Yadier Merlina is going to be coming back first of August, it sounds like. Andrew Kisner has been playing great. Uh, they, they're really looking for help catching-wise. Do they take a rental and in uh, Severino to get him through till Yachty comes back. Who knows? But the Brewers are about to find out what they need to get out of Severino. Maybe he plays these next two days since the Brewers are about to face back-to-back lefties, Rodon tonight and Wood tomorrow. But I just want to see Severino play to figure out what the Brewers have with him because that's a roster spot that's going to be really important coming up in the second half and especially if the Brewers are going to go make a trade. With Rowdy Telez's slump right now, the Brewers may be considering looking for help at first base. The big prize at first is Josh Bell right now, but Josh Bell is the type of guy that you're going to play every day. So do you put Rowdy in as a DH against righties and then cut in that DH spot against lefties and give Rowdy the day off while Josh Bell plays first base just about every day? Now, that's a big price to get Josh Bell. Just on the wish list. Just speaking out loud. Brewers roster is in a weird funk right now because they need bullpen arms. That's why they bring up Sadzek. And to option Hira, because you just got rid of Chi-Chi, to bring up Sadzek, who can give you an inning or two. He's a hard-throwing righty. He's been AAA for a while now. He's pitched four times in the last week, by the way, too. Uh, he actually made it to the big leagues with both Texas and Seattle in 18 and 19. This will be his Brewers debut if he does get into the game over this weekend. 
it was the need that they needed right now. They needed a fresh arm in that bullpen. They don't need another corner outfielder and a bat that, quite frankly, has been inconsistent just like everybody else's has been. Then we'll see what the Brewers do with Keston Hira coming up in the second half and figuring out what they need position-wise and offense-wise. Pitching matchups coming up. Mentioned it earlier. Tonight is a great one. Carlos Rodon, Corbin Webb, <laughs> sorry, Corbin Burns <laughs> coming up here later tonight. Again, that's an 8.45 Central Time first pitch, 6.45 Pacific first pitch here at Oracle Park. Uh, and then uh, tomorrow, it'll be Alex Wood against Brandon Woodruff. And then Saturday will be Eric Lauer against Alex Cobb. That game will be on Fox. And then Sunday, to close out the first half, Jason Alexander against Logan Webb. Should be a fun weekend. I uh, hope you're able to tune in stay up late with us on Valley Sports Wisconsin. I'll be hanging out with Brian, Sophia, and Vinny Rotino will be making the debut on color for him this year. He is not in the studio. Dillard is in the studio this weekend. So Vinny's out here in San Francisco, our old friend, of course, here on the pod. And uh, we're looking forward to hearing him this weekend here in the city by the bay. I'm Dominic Catronio. Thank you for listening. Bear with me on YouTube. Hotel Wi-Fi has been super spotty, but uh, they're always available here on the podcast platform as well. Once again, follow us on Twitter, at LockedOnBrewers, at myself, at Dom underscore Catronio. Right back here, another episode for your Friday tomorrow. Until then, keep on swinging. You are Locked On Brewers, your daily Milwaukee Brewers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.